everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and Chris is here with me again today. Hello. <laughs> we're talking about blood and <laughs> offerings and fat and... <laughs> right ear lobes. <laughs> Big toes. All sorts of things are happening in Leviticus. And somewhere Ryan is just going, man, I wish I was there. (laughs) He probably is really jealous. I I think he actually is. (laughs) He would love to talk about Leviticus. So there is a major theme in Leviticus that we have not covered yet. Chris, what is... What is the big picture we should be looking at as we're reading through Leviticus? So we've talked about kind of the journey that Israel's on as a people, but the really the character trait of God that's just revealed over and over and over again in this book is God's holiness. And so much of what goes through, so much of this elaborate ritual and uh, things are due to the fact that God is holy and people are not. And I mean, if there would be one verse that sums up the entire book of Leviticus, it would be holy as I am holy. Uh, And with all of this blood and all of these different offerings, that's that's what we see uh, as the priests are becoming, being ordained, that all these sacrifices are to help them, a sinful people, become holy so that then they can minister in the presence of a holy God and help other sinful people come to God as well. So holiness is an, is an overarching theme. And it's, it's probably, it's a characteristic of God I heard a lot about when I was young, but I don't hear as much about now. And mm-hmm. it's no less true now than it is, or it was then. So it's, it's a good thing for us to look at. Yeah. Um, kind of on that vein, <laughs> no pun intended, about to talk about blood. Um <laughs> What is the deal with all the blood and the fat? (laughs) Because um, when I would read Leviticus, before I actually knew the meaning of blood in the Bible, I was just creeped out by it, honestly. (laughs) So someone reading through Leviticus and seeing all the blood splattering, it's a little weird. (laughs) It is. It is. And I mean, if you look back in that culture, there were other religions that sacrifices were not a brand new idea with Christianity uh, or Judaism. It was something that was already done. So there was already this concept of sacrifices, but then God takes this and kind of redefines it. And so I think blood is used, in scripture, blood will either symbolize life, because there's the life is in the blood. If something has blood, it's alive. Uh, but when the loss of blood happens, that also symbolizes death. And, and in both these things, we see that blood is a valuable thing because it carries life. And the substitute that animals are taking on our behalf is sin brings death. And so a life is taken, should be our lives for each and every sin, Mm -hmm. but God allows a sacrifice to then shed their blood uh, so that, and and have death occur so that that sin can be taken care of. Uh, So blood would be something that people were more familiar with than we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a little strange for us. The fat thing, that is something (laughs) that, you know, it is... Every Bible nerd that studies this book, you know, oh, well, fat is the Lord. You know, let's make a T-shirt, um, sell it at a gym or something. But uh, fat would really also represent the, f- the fact that God gets the best. Uh, if you were to think about having uh, a nice juicy steak, it's a good juicy steak because there's fat in it. Um, if you cut all the fat away, it's going to be dry and it's going to be horrible. Mm. So the, God getting the fat means that he gets the best part. Uh, sometimes in our uh, fat adverse world, we don't think fat is the best part, but it's the most. It's what brings the flavor. Uh, it's what really makes the steak 
good. Uh, at the same time, the priests, they got some food out of this that they were provided for through the sacrifice, but even they couldn't get the fat. Uh, and so that I think it kept them from entitlement. It kept them from feeling like they could work the system, that God just hmm. took that temptation off the table and said, all fat is mine. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, my best attempt at <laughs> some interesting blood and fat discussions. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Um, but Moses also puts blood on the earlobes <laughs> and the big toes. And what was the other one? Uh, the, Their the right thumbs. The right yes, thumbs. So, so <laughs> again, you had a good explanation for this when, you, when I asked you before. So let us know. You know Why are we doing this? <laughs> I think, again, when you look at what the priests were wearing, there wasn't too many body parts that were exposed. And so this was some of the skin that was visible. Uh, and I think it just really represents that it, there's a purification happening of their entire body, from you could say from their head to their toes. Mm. Uh, and of course, they're using their hands in the service at the temple, so that also has been made holy. Uh, I don't really have anything better than that, so that it just it <laughs> takes care of the entire person. It's better than any expla- explanation I could come up with, for sure. <laughs> the other thing I noticed when we were reading this is that they are still at Mount Sinai. Since we're reading mm-hmm. this chronologically... Um, Again, I think you kind of miss it when you read it through the books of the Bible as how they're written. But um, when you're reading it chronologically, we realize that all this is still happening at Mount Sinai, at the place where they worshiped a calf. Like, this is all happening. Mm-hmm. And many times in Scripture, time flies. Like, you just, yeah. you're jumping decades and, and sometimes even centuries, chapter to chapter. Yeah. This is one where they kind it of, like zooms this in. book is yeah. like, this is basically a month. The entire book is over the course of a month. And oh. so we've got a number of things happening in a short period of time here. Uh, you know, there's also some really kind of big, funny words in this passage that just might be helpful for. We've got a lot of anointing happening. When you see anointing, that simply means that oil is being placed upon it. Uh, it's really just a a symbol of setting apart, a symbol of uh, consecrating to that specific task. I just use one of the words I'm trying to define. <laughs> consecrating, though, once means that you're set apart. It's like you've been chosen for this particular task. Uh, and then towards the end of the passage, we had the ordination of the priest. And that simply means that there was something that was established, that this is when the priesthood began and they were uh, told that this is how they're going to serve and this is the job that they're going to be doing. So sometimes when we hear all these bigger, sometimes churchier words, it's just mm-hmm. good to give us a simple definition for them. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. And tomorrow we are digging into a little bit of a story, too, in Leviticus. So uh, come back and listen tomorrow, and we'll see you then. Bye. See ya. Leviticus chapter 7, starting in verse 1. These are the instructions for the guilt offering. It is most holy. The animal sacrifice as the guilt offering must be slaughtered at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered, and its blood must be splattered against all sides of the altar. The priest will then offer all its fat on the altar, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the two, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins and the long lobe of the liver. These are to be removed with the kidneys, and the priest will burn them on the altar as a special gift pr- Uh, presented to the Lord. This is a guilt offering. Any male from a priest's family may eat the meat. It must be eaten in a sacred place, for it is most holy. The same instructions apply to both the guilt offering and the sin offering. Both belong to the priests who use them to purify someone, making that person right with the Lord. In the case of the burnt offering, the priest may keep the hide of the sacrificed animal. Any grain offering that has been baked in an oven, prepared in a pan, or cooked on a griddle belongs to the priest who presents it. 
All other green offerings, whether made of dry flour or flour moistened with olive oil, are to be shared equally among all the priests, the descendants of Aaron. These are the instructions regarding the different kinds of peace offerings that may be presented to the Lord. If you present your peace offering as an expression of thanksgiving, the usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by the various kinds of bread made without yeast, thin cakes mixed with olive oil, wafers spread with oil, and cakes made of choice flour mixed with olive oil. This peace offering of thanksgiving must also be accompanied by loaves of bread made with yeast. One of each kind of bread must be presented as a gift to the Lord. It will then belong to the priest who splatters the blood of the peace offering against the altar. The meat of the peace offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the same day that it is offered. None of it may be saved for the next morning. If you bring an offering to fulfill a vow or as a voluntary offering, the meat must be eaten on the same day the sacrifice is offered, but whatever is left over may be eaten on the second day. Any meat left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the meat from the peace offering is eaten on the third day, the person who presented it will not be accepted by the Lord. You will receive no credit for, the off- for offering it. By then, the meat will be contaminated. If you eat it, you will be punished for your sin. Meat that touches anything ceremonially unclean may not be eaten. It must be completely burned up. For the, the rest of the meat may be eaten, but only by people who are ceremonially clean. If you're ceremonially unclean, you may eat meat from a peace offering that is presented to the Lord. You will be cut off from the community. If you touch anything that is unclean, whether it is human defilement or an unclean animal or any other unclean detestable thing, and then eat meat from a peace offering presented to the Lord, you will be cut off from the community. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. You must never eat fat, whether from cattle, sheep, or goats. The fat of an animal found dead or torn to pieces by wild animals must never be eaten, though it may be used for other purposes. Anyone who eats fat from an animal presented as a special gift to the Lord will be cut off from the community. No matter where you live, you must never consume the blood of any bird or animal. Anyone who consumes blood will be cut off from the community. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present a peace offering to the Lord, bring part of it as a gift to the Lord. Present it to the Lord with your own hands as a special gift to the Lord. Bring the fat of the animal together with the breast and lift up the breast as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar, but the breast will belong to Aaron and his descendants. Give the right thigh of your peace offering to the priest as a gift. The right thigh must always be given to the priest who offers the blood and the fat of the peace offering. For I reserve the breast of the special offering and the right thigh of the sacred offering for the priest. It is a permanent right of Aaron and his descendants to share in the peace offerings brought by the people of Israel. This is their rightful share. The special gifts presented to the Lord have been reserved for Aaron and his descendants from the time that they were set apart to serve the Lord as priests. On the day they were anointed, the Lord commanded the Israelites to give these portions to the priests as their permanent share from generation to generation. These are the instructions for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, as well as the ordination offering and the peace offering. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses on Mount Sinai when he commanded the Israelites to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Leviticus chapter 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons, along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of bread made without yeast, and call the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, This is what the Lord has commanded us to do. Then he presented Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the official tunic on Aaron and tied the sash around his waist, 
He dressed him with a robe, placed the ephod on him, and attached the ephod securely with his decorative sash. Then Moses placed the chest piece on Aaron and put the Urim and the Thurman inside it. He placed a turban on Aaron's head and attached the gold medallion, the badge of holiness, to the front of the turban, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, making them holy. He sprinkled the oil on the altar seven times, anointing it and all its utensils, as well as the wash basin in the stand, making them holy. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, anointing him and making him holy for this, for his work. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons. He clothed them in their tunics, tied their sashes around them, and put the special head coverings on them, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the bull for the sin offering. Aaron and his sons laid their hand on the bull's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Moses took some of the blood. With with his finger, he put it on the four horns of the altar to purify it. He poured out the rest of the blood on the base of the altar. Through this process, he made the altar holy by purifying it. Then Moses took all the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat around them. He burned it all on the altar. He took the rest of the bull, including its hide, meat, and dung, and burned them on a fire outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the ram for burnt offering. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took the ram's blood and splattered it against all the sides of the altar. Then he cut the ram into pieces. He burned the head, some of its pieces, and the fat on the altar. After washing the internal organs and the legs with water, Moses burned the entire ram on the altar as a burnt offering. It was a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded them. Then Moses presented the other ram, which was the ram of ordination. Moses and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took some of the blood, applied it to the lobe of Aaron's right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and his big toe on his right foot. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons and applied some of the blood to the lobes of their right ears, to the thumbs of their right hands, and to the big toe of their right feet. He then splattered the rest of the blood against all the sides of the altar. Next, Moses took the fat, including the fat of the broad tail and the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat around them, along with the right thigh. On top of these, he placed a thin cake of bread made without yeast, a cake of bread mixed with olive oil, and a wafer spread with olive oil. All these were taken from the basket of bread made without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. He put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons, and he lifted these gifts as a special offering to the Lord. Moses then took all the offerings back from them and burned them on the altar on top of the burnt offering. This is the ordination offering. It was a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. Then Moses took the breast, lifted it as a special offering to the Lord. This was Moses' portion of the ram of ordination, just as the Lord had commanded him. Next, Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood that was on the altar, and he sprinkled them on Aaron and his garments and on the sons of and their garments. In this way, he made Aaron and his sons and their garments holy. Then Moses said to Aaron, to his sons, Boil the remaining meat of the offering at the tabernacle entrance and eat it there, along with the bread that is in the basket of offering for the ordination, just as I commanded when I said, Aaron and his sons will eat it. Any bread or meat that is left over must then be burned up. You must not leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days, for that is when the ordination ceremony will be complete. Everything we have done today was commanded by the Lord in order to purify you, making you right with him. Now stay at the entrance of the tabernacle day and night for seven days and do everything the Lord requires. If you fail to do this, you will die. For this is what the Lord has commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.